Welcome back, guys. It's our last one. Series one is over. Finale. It is? Yeah, it is. This is the last one. He just told me it was. I believed him. This isn't the 12th one. You just said it's the last one as well. <laughs> I just agreed with you. I was taking the piss. Oh, I thought this was the last one. No, it's not. We've got eight out of the time of this. Sitting on three. Yeah, this is the last one. We're only sitting on two. We've got the second. We've got one second that's in one. bank for him before in 2021, right? Well, you're lucky, guys. It's not the last one. It's the penultimate. Let's restart that. But one. Let's just start that again. All right. <laughs> Welcome them back. Hi, guys. Welcome to the last podcast. <laughs> 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 yeah. Savagery. Welcome to the season finale. Yeah. That's not the season finale. The penultimate one. Uh, good work. How's everyone getting on all right? Not too bad. Another week. Just checking my heart rate. Yeah, you feeling right? You calm down from that little journey. I really hate traffic. <laughs> my top three hate things are like, you know, when you pick up the phone, someone, and they can't hear you. Oh, you can't <laughs> yeah, hear them. Out. I like you just say hello. I want to literally throw my phone across the room. The second thing is like bad Wi-Fi when I can't work out why it's bad. And then the third would be um, traffic and wind. I fucking hate wind. <laughs> so specific. Yeah, yeah no, wind is, is for me. I've I spent was... many years getting that list together. What are your top four most hated things in the world? Mm, eating with your mouth open is, is pretty... Oh, it's pretty gross. And you can just see like the churn. Oh. Like a like a cement barrel. That's up there. Oh, <laughs> God. That was horrible. Don't ever do that again. Oh, my God. Mine's people that run to the front of the airplane. Oh, the queue. The queue. Because you're all getting on. We're all getting on. Did I get you seething? Just like sat there. Annoyingly, like, yeah. Like, I should just think, why doing? am I getting angry at that? I should just chill. And it's all the same type of person. They will look. They all look the same. It doesn't make any sense. They've all got a folder. Yeah, they print their tickets yes. and don't have it on their phone. Don't yeah. believe in that. Why are you? Um, do you know what I mean? Why do you want to sit on that plane longer than you have to? Unless you're first class in it. Yeah. But EasyJet don't have first class. <laughs> you only have to fly EasyJet, don't you? I be from Mykonos. That's my two destinations <laughs> that I ever go to. Yeah, and centre parks. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's a drive. That's a drive. No one's as hateful as me then. I've got, I've got a list. I might get it tattooed on me. No, I've learned to get better. <laughs> get an ad to it as you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah speak what? to Sophie. She might have to do that for you. <laughs> I, uh, no, I've got better. Since reading Think Like a Monk, Jay Shetty's book, I've been like, right, let me just stop. Let me just chill out. It's, it's baggage, man. It really hurts. I used to have like like uh, visceral reactions, I say, to like people who I hated. Yeah. And it used to put me in a bad fucking mood. All day as well. I'd just be like, mm, are you? And it's, they're not doing anything. They're just on my on my screen. Mm. And I thought that that feeling is so like, it just drags me down. So I've actually like learned to try and cut those things. Negative energy. Yeah, but eat with your mouth open, I'll slap you. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's just like a common, have some from respect. Yeah. Eat with your mouth closed. All right, cool. Well, we are here. Whether it's the penultimate, the last, the third last, we don't know yet. We're just having such a good time doing it. Today, we are going to discuss the use of anabolic steroids in, in depth um, and our perspective on the use of anabolic steroids. I think particularly kind of addressing this to largely the, the younger bodybuilding demographic. Um, I think this is what hopefully will help a lot of people with what we're going to say. But also older people who are maybe just getting into bodybuilding later on and, and wondering whether that's a journey for them. I think there's such a wide spectrum of like 
uh, sort of novice novice perspectives on steroids. I know there's going to be some camp that's like still don't know if like Mr. Olympia is on steroids. You know, there's definitely some people, isn't there, like that? Yeah. And then there's the other end of the spectrum. It's like absolutely everyone in the gym is on steroids. Yeah. Neither are correct. Um, well, actually, you know, Mr. Olympia is, is, on, is on steroids. And not everyone in the gym is on is on steroids. So we're going to sort of talk through that. I'd like to probably go through sort of the steps to take before you're thinking about it, like the, the whole natural potential mm -hmm. debate. Um, and then maybe sort of, well, definitely the risks. Because I don't think we talk about that enough. There's a lot of use, but there's a lot of talk about the safer use model, um, and not a lot of use about just don't use any model because it's not for you. So um, yeah, should we delve into it? How do you want to start? It's nice because we're all we're all. I said to Josh before, you were late. <laughs> Joe late Brightman. That we're in a, a quite a good position whereby Josh has almost squeezed the blood out of the natural stone before then deciding to take anabolics. Whereas I just went in because I thought, well, I'm sick of, sick and tired of going out. I want to now, I don't mind switching what poison I'm putting in my body, if I'm being mm -hmm. completely honest with you. Hence why I started taking them and just went on a bit of a journey. And yourself who, where would you put yourself? Do you think- Similar to me. I'd say similar. Yeah, similar similar to Josh. I squeezed a good amount out of the- You were 23? 24. 24. I'm, re I'm really satisfied with how I did it, honestly. Um, I don't think once I started using it, it was like textbook, but in terms of like the, the making the decision and when I made it and the reasons I made it for, like I personally don't think there's a better reason to have, to have made it. I think you're probably the same. You just waited a little bit longer. Yeah, but I think I'm probably a little bit different in hindsight. And I, this is, I think we should give a caveat. Like we're not experts. This is education. This is like our experience. Uh, I'm trying to achieve a really, really big dream, and I'm very uh, conscious of time, the time limit on this. I think I'm probably more more than a lot of the Mr. Olympias and top bodybuilders. I'm a little bit more conscious of the time limit on this than than, than perhaps they are. They're going to go to the wheels fall off. I might go until they start shaking, and I'll be like, oh, okay. And I think for me, like I'm 29 now. You know, I, I would wouldn't mind being 26, 27, and and having the same the same sort of physique, yeah. knowing that I've got a few more years to try and achieve my goal. Yeah, I agree. But like, I think the way I, I would have liked to take my entire bodybuilding journey and just move it a few years earlier, mm -hmm. ra rather than like like cut off two more years of me being or three years of me being natural, mm -hmm. I'd much rather have that same time frame. Yeah, I, I, you'd probably say the same for most people, I guess. Like, I wish I started lifting at sixteen, and then yeah. maybe the whole thing would be shifted a bit forward or the lifting properly at sixteen. Um, yeah, Tom, tell me about the the time when you decided like what was the thought process behind you going i'm done with being natural how long were you natural for and was there something that tweaked it in you like what how did how did that journey go for you i was <clears throat> 20 i think i was 20 and i'll be honest i was kind of 27 now 28 now 28 now. yeah yeah i've been on and off I mean, even the first i think the first four four or so years i was cycling on and off and not even doing pct i was so unaware as you know to any blood work back then? Mm, very minimal. Only because my mum was an, an is a nurse and she was like, uh, she wants to know. Yeah. And they all, she wasn't worried, so I weren't worried. Good. But uh, yeah, it was a sense of like, well, I'm I'm kind of pushing it by going out with uh, with the boys and that. If I take anabolics, it will stop me from doing that mm -hmm. because I can't. I can't take anabolics and go out and drink and take drugs and whatnot. 
So it was my it was my way of like, well, I'll stop doing that poison and I'll do this poison. Yeah, so you saw them as like a like for like. Yeah. I'm just going to swap. Yeah, and I wanted to, and I also spoke to a couple of guys at Lewisham College and I was thinking about competing. They was like, we're going to have to start anabolics then. I was like, oh God, really? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know, like, I didn't know natural bodybuilding existed. I didn't know anything like that. I just knew bodybuilding existed through Dorian Yates magazine. So I thought, okay, I've got to do, yeah. I've what, got to do. Kids. What was it that you like? What was it that you saw? Like, what was your like early gym years like? Were you surrounded by other people that would have been on anabolics? Like, did you think everyone was? Or like at twenty, why did you go? Other than other than you wanted to stop going out, why did you go? Yeah, this is the time for me to start taking anabolics. Do you think it was that nudge from other people about competing, or it was looking at the people I'm competing against? So I, f- I thought, and it was like I was running test E, and then someone said, "Oh, you've got to go on test P." Because it's quicker action. Swap the esters. Cool, yeah, you yeah. got. You have Definitely. to swap the esters. I was like, oh really? Oh, all right, cool. I spoke to my supplier, mate. Oh, I need some test pee quick. I'll drop the water out. I'm I'm competing in like four weeks. He was like, oh, you should probably take some Winstrol as well. So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Sold it. I just like ran test pee and and Winstrol. But yeah, it was it was people that I knew I was going up against that are a lot bigger. The likes of Connor Rudelhoff. Remember Connor? <laughs> I mean, like, I know who you mean. Yeah. Just that. I just thought, well, how how am I even gonna? compete against that so mm. and I just made the jump okay and how did you feel about it were you like scared nervous worried or was it just a case of like no. one of those easy sort of no I weren't scared at all I weren't scared because I don't think the level of information uh, even with regard to kind of side effects was about then it was only the or you could get gyno you could get acne and things like that or if you're predisposed to it then you could potentially get it and I wasn't really that kind of oily I didn't have like bad skin or whatnot so I thought oh well let me just make, just make the jump and I'll be okay so yeah because I was I suppose I was so naive there was no fear factor there mm. probably the you're probably closest to what most people do unfortunately mm. I'd say and that's I, I guess was, we're yeah. trying to sort of what we're going to try and yeah. debunk and, and save people from in in this mm. podcast mm. um yeah Josh what about your story yeah have I was you got gonna more say questions? Like, I think like we've got different stories like for me I was scared for a long time but we did it differently right this is this is five years into the future after the time when it had begun the likes of jordan uh jordan peters and trained by jp had started talking about it more openly not that it was a trend but it was almost like people are starting talking about gear now so i knew a lot more about it i knew the side effects i knew the implications very much came from a hardcore natural die hard like i was like i'm going natty till i die and uh it wasn't until until it kind of presented itself that I wasn't going to achieve what I wanted to achieve naturally, just because of the all of the things that go into that equation. Uh, then I had to, t- to make that choice. And it, w- it was a, a long, long, hard like road for me because it was like six months of going back and forth. But ultimately, my, my, my passion and my my goal of being at the Olympia was 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 a huge one, and it was enough for me to say, right, there's a lot of there's a lot of cons here, but that that one pro of of achieving that dream is, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be something I'm going to remember forever. So I, I made that jump like that. Um, we probably even did it differently in terms of how we started. Like I, I had a coach, uh, Callum, actually, you guys might remember him from the last few episodes. Uh, he brought me through it. You know, we did a lot of things before, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, at some point in this podcast before jumping on to, you know, have some good data and some, some blood work to, to kind of go off. And then we started nice and low and just like, got the most out of the least and have done for the last three years. So you would say that you knew that your probably knowledge of who was on and who was off was 
accomplished? You sort of you had a good idea? What when I started? As in yeah, in the in the years leading up to it. Probably not, you know. No. Not when I started. Like I didn't know what was possible, but when you when you do start to you know, you get three or four cycles in and you see how your body changes, you see those features of your body that, you know, kind of alternate. You think, okay, right, now it's easy to spot. So now I feel like I've, I've accomplished that. So I'm going back to, I guess what I mean was like, you're looking at other people. So let's just say when we were at the Arnold's, for example, because this, this is such a funny story for me, which I'll come on to, but what was your understanding of it at that point, if you remember? Because we were obviously going up against a lot of assisted blokes, right? Yeah. But I, you had to sign a little waiver that said, I'm not using steroids. Yeah, and that so was enough. Uh, I assumed that maybe one or two guys were on. Right. Whereas I look back now and every single person was on. At the highest amateur level in Europe. At the highest amateur level in Europe. Yeah. And I kind of was like a little bit of fish out of the water. You know, like the density wasn't there. Like the condition wasn't there. Like not one point, point of what these guys had was there. And I didn't know why because I'd, I'd run myself into the ground. And it started to make a little bit more sense as I uh, grew up and, and learnt more about that side of things. Mm. And in terms of like the like, like the, the fear, what was it? What was it you were scared of? Because I think yeah, I think I dived into it probably a bit quicker than you. I still have a bit of fear, which I'll talk about. But like, what what were you scared of exactly? Do you remember? Uh, just like you know, you hear those. I think the most. I think the thing I was most scared of was like changing, and I I, I, I liked who I was as a person. I didn't want to take these steroids. They play with my brain or my aggression, and I get like some mad like void rage. Like I had this perception that you take gear, you get mad void rage. I was like, fuck, I don't want to like, I don't want to do that. Uh, I don't want to change as a person. And then uh, like I, I, I educated myself over like six, six, seven months of doing this and realized that it's probably not going to happen straight away. You know, it's, you know, X, Y, Z. And uh, that was the main thing that I was worried about. I, like I was educated to the point where I know that I could potentially mitigate as much of the damage that I'm doing to myself. And I was under the impression back then that like what I was doing was going to be absolutely fine. Now I'm here, you know, three years later, and the the cycles that I take now, like okay, like this, I'm probably not mitigating all of that damage at all. So, yeah, definitely. That was the main thing I was worried about, rather than like gyno acne and all those things. I wasn't so worried about those. Okay, interesting. I went down. I was a bit like KLPT. Like, I don't think you were like KLP. No, no, no. In the sense of his, everyone's on, everyone's on gear. Oh, right, like, okay. You know I mean, I, because I was so, I went into taking anabolics with no understanding of like competition level bodybuilding. It was more so. The first time I was really seeing it was the sort of rise of the foot soldier football scenes. Do you know what I mean? Where, like the hooligan, doorman type, seeing needles go into asses, right. as opposed to these people are taking anabolics to compete at a high level. It was more so, just because just of the people I was around and the, the area I lived in. So it was like, people were taking anabolics because they wanted to be the biggest doorman or right. I mean, that's That was my first interest. So I just thought, oh, everyone, when I then started to look into bodybuilding, oh, everyone's on gear then, everyone's on. And then in the fitness industry, oh, everyone's on gear. I didn't I didn't really have a, an understanding of, of genetic potential, if I'm being completely honest with you. Yeah, interesting. Um, my story, I guess, is similar to, to Josh's in that I spent a long time, like, natural. I was very sure that I wanted to compete naturally, but I think I was clouded by so much uh, uh, naivety. 100%. I did think that, Same like, as me. I thought that, I thought that loads, I knew I wasn't stupid. I knew that Mr. Olympia wasn't, um, <laughs> sorry to anyone that feels stupid after saying that. <laughs> I knew that, Mr., I knew that people on the Olympia stage weren't, you know, weren't natural, but I was definitely, uh, I was definitely a believer of the natural scene, or at least that a lot of people were natural. Um, I think I remember looking at a lot of people and thinking, 
Yeah, that's attainable. 100%. I could do that, that me. with a few years. Um, because I guess in that in, in those early years, if you do train hard, then really that's probably all I had actually for the majority of time, like training hard and tracking my macros. Like I saw my body change, so I sort of, in myself, I, I, I thought, yeah, that's a lot of this is possible. Um, and so right up until, on, honestly, right up until the Arnold's when I was signing those waivers for UK BFF that said, I hereby say I'm not taking steroids, which is all you really have to do to get your membership card. I I believe that. I wholeheartedly believed it. Um, I I went That's into so that. Funny. I know. I went into that. Uh, uh, in fact, my sort of competition history. So that first ever show I did was at, was was that Body Power on that sort of amateur World Fitness Championships, whatever it was. Um, and I wasn't. I was completely natural there. I was tiny as well and, and came second and that kind of I guess that gave me an idea of like what you can achieve naturally and it's 100%. a bit more about shape and not more not so much about this and that so I think I was probably exposed a little bit to people on anabolic so I remember getting a picture of like Jacko De Bruyne at that that, that expo yeah. obviously I knew he wasn't I think I knew he wasn't natural but I, I guess I put them on such a high pedestal of like level of of athlete and I guess actually if we think about it back then there would have been quite a lot of natural men's physique Potentially, when we first started, yeah. Maybe Ryan Terry was natural back then. Like, it's yeah. very possible. So, I think there was a there was a wide spectrum of people that were on and, and weren't on. But I honestly believe that like people I, were, I was competing against were on. I always in my head I was like, because I did juniors first. I was thinking, would any junior really be stupid enough to take anabolics this young? Yeah. Lo and behold, I competed against Louis Blackmore and did like a anabolic only cycle and came like he came in absolutely skinned out. <laughs> um, I think I think he came. Shout he came, out Louis. Well, shout right. out Louis. Yeah, he came second in the end. Um, and looked unreal but I remember getting there a day and thinking oh fuck look at this guy he's absolutely peeled I think his posing let him down otherwise he would have smoked me but um, and then yeah obviously got got that invite to the Arnold's and that was where we sort of first properly met it must have been the first time we probably yeah. met and I honestly I remember I got I must have, I got absolutely I, I got absolutely slaughtered in the junior class it must have been 30 it was the biggest class I've ever been in but I must have been near the bottom and the guy that won was this Ukrainian guy. Oh, shout out Ukraine as well, actually. Big up Ukraine. Big up Ukraine. And uh, he was 21 and he was 91 kilos on stage. I remember finding his Instagram. Jesus. And I thought, that's a fucking big boy, isn't it? That's a big boy. And then obviously after that, it slowly started dawning on me that actually that waiver meant fucking diddly squat. Yeah. And then we went to that diamond cup. Oh, yeah. You must remember what happened there. Yeah. So we, we competed in the same class this time. It's the first time we competed against each other. Men's class, I mean, Josh came third, I came fifth, and we realised that um, the finals then came and all the Iranians and, and Arabs left because they were going to start testing people. They were going to actually drug test people. Really? Yeah. So everyone left. It was like the top three of every category go into the final, so it was like 15 people. Stop. Three people turned up, I came third, and I got $500. Because they were all not natural because they were going to piss test the winners. I see. Wow. So they all left. Wow, man. Yeah. And they were like outrageous, like, you're really going to do this? We've come all this way. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Were you yeah. natty when you, you know that video of you? That's, yeah, fully natty. Man. What's that? Oh, it's seen so that video funny. of him? Oh, I'll show you it. I mean, it's like my first set of like posing. Just twerking out, man. Yeah, it's man. Insane. That's where I got my moves from. I die every time I see that video. Oh, it's so good. I need to see if it. you've got the footage, I'll try and put it on YouTube. Yeah. 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 Lay it over this. I'll send you it. Yeah. <laughs> it is the best posing you'll ever see. Oh, is he? Honestly, I don't know what I was doing, man. I'm like a snake. All, all sorts of shit going on. <laughs> I thought he was going to start going. <laughs> it was crazy. I was, I was yeah. going that's he, crazy. That's when he had like, the full Charlie from Busted look. Yeah. Big old quiff. Old school. Yeah. Big old quiff. 
Yeah. So yeah, no, that, that was my first. That was that that body power show. So yeah, yeah, fully natural. I think when when it came to like I say when it came to sort of my decision, I think it's probably similar with with you, Josh. I had obviously thought about it for a long time. Once I sort of knew everyone was on, I was like, right, okay. So that's what's going to have to happen if I want to turn pro, which is obviously the aim. After I'd sort of proved myself at a natural level, you know, I think if you can win a show naturally, you've probably got a decent set of genetics, decent set of genetics and maybe this is a, a, a path that's worth going down for you, uh, even with uh, with the with the health consequences. So I spent a couple of years after that, you know, sort of making that decision, I guess. I um, educated myself on the risks. Funnily enough, like my my mum's also a nurse and or a midwife now, but obviously has that sort of background. My dad and my stepdad are both into bodybuilding. They both used steroids when they were younger. So that gave me a lot of cause confidence, really, because in my head I was like, I bet they didn't do it very well, and they're all right. So I was sort of like, maybe I'll be all right as well. Um, so I then came to that decision, and yeah, I think my my biggest concerns probably probably was like acne like hair loss all things that came true um i don't think i was worried about i wasn't too worried about who i was going to become as a person because i was i'm really like i'm so i'm not passive but i'm not aggressive it would take a lot for me to be like actually aggressive towards anyone used to smash up my xbox controllers and that but like not (laughs) who didn't no yeah not aggressive towards people so i wasn't too worried about that um was definitely worried about gyno another thing that came true um and yeah, in terms of the health, my perspective was so similar to you in that I'd sort of educated, educated myself to a point where I was like, I'm not going to be taking grams and grams and grams of gear. I think I can do a good job of mitigating the health consequences, providing I uh, like monitor my health. So that was probably where I was at with it. Um, I didn't have a coach at the time. So I think the, the difference between our starting points is I just went off JP's videos, which at the time... Yeah, yeah were quite a lot different than they are now. So my first cycle was like 500 meg test. So was mine. Yeah. E on its own, which is a lot. So that's double mine. what I did. And it's mad, uh, isn't it, that? Because we started up here and yeah. you've probably done that now. Well, but. yeah, I use less tests now than I did when I started. Yeah, but, but I mean, more compa- other I don't, compounds. I don't regret that cycle in this life because it fucking blew me up. Yeah, yeah you're massive. Like, like, yeah, 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 I was saying, I, was, I think I was bigger back then as a junior. I was, I was like 101, <laughs> lean. Yeah, fucking up the test, my boy. I know it blew me to the moon. So I don't regret it, but we wouldn't recommend that now. Definitely not. Um, yeah, that's our that's our starting points, I guess. That's our history in anabolics. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people think that you've got a if you if you were to start at five hundred. I think a lot of people will be shocked that we've now dropped our test. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to, because I think people believe that if you start at 500, you've got to go 750 in a gram. When you be slightly smart with decisions in the sense that the incorporation of things like Primo and Mast alongside the testosterone. Because I didn't even know nothing about those things. I didn't know that they were also used to kind of help the ratio of estrogen as well. So you get rid of, whereas I was like smashing down AIs. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where did you get, where did you get the majority of your like knowledge from? Like where did you learn? Uh, I took a lot of seminars. Uh, I say seminars, not seminars. Um, uh, like a consult course, consult course with uh, Joe Jeffrey. I shout out Joe Jeffrey because like he's he's brought a lot to the game. There's mm. No two ways about it. Brought a lot, a lot, a lot to the game in terms of safer use models. Uh, Victor Black as well. I've had a he's he's a good Instagram. Well, if you can look past the way he talks about stuff, he's got a good Instagram page to to learn about stuff. Yeah. Um, and then just obviously like conversations with 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 Cal- Callum and whatnot, but. Yeah, pretty extensive, like probably like 
30, 40 hours of like paid learning. And then like the rest of it, it's just like experience. And like, I've been using that for, th for three, three and a half years. So I've kind of, I didn't like coach anabolics for the first like two and a half years, you know, because I didn't have that experience nor the know-how. And spent that time learning over that period of time. Mm. Mine was William Llewellyn's. Oh, the book. Oh, uh, the goat. Yeah, the book. That's the OG. I, that was my first. And I, and that's good. Like a lot of the stuff that I'll look, look on, on, on the book and then relate to that being current is still, yeah. still pretty much the same. Mm. And a few underground books as well. Scott something. I can't remember his name, but yeah, it was like underground vibes. Scott Stevenson? Dr. Scott? Was it Dr. Scott's book? I don't know if he's ever done a book on anabolics, mm, is he? Sure. don't know if he's not, he's not under, underground though, is he? He's quite... No, it was, it was literally the PDF was underground anabolics by yeah, someone. Right. And it gave like half-lifes and, and oh. elimination times and stuff like that for each thing. It was really interesting. Mm. So when I was thinking about making the leap, my, my stepdad gave me this little booklet, probably about 50 pages that just listed each steroid and like what it did and, and stuff like that. So like... That was what he was like. Read through this before you make the decision. It was. It wasn't handmade. It was like a legit. It was oh. like a legit publication. I thought it was the ones that he's tried. No, no, it wasn't. His, it wasn't his notes like Dorian's nineteen eighty nine uh, training logs. So that was quite interesting. I imagine it was all. Um, it was all just sort of the chemical, like the chemical breakdowns and stuff. So it's probably it's probably quite accurate. I don't yeah. think the science has changed there. It's just the sort of methodologies. But um, one of the one of the big things for me, I remember sort of moving into. I was really. I was. I was. I remember the first jab. I was like, "Oh, I'm like the adrenaline was pumping." I was thinking, "Fucking!" Hell. And then it was in, and I was like, I've "Done it! All right, let's go, let's go, let's go." Um, but I always remember there was like boundaries for me because uh, back then it's, it's that, that's kind of changed now. But I was always like, "I'll never need insulin. I'll yeah. never take. I'll never need trend yeah. and all these things." So I sort of set the the boundaries. So as time went on for me, like I sort of knew, even though my test started high, I was like. I'll, I'll start with my test where that is and then if I can push that up a little bit but then I know oh, there was like other things to use so I was yeah. thinking you know as time goes on that's how I'd advance it um, but yeah the boundaries for me were like no trend won't ever need insulin I even thought I wouldn't need that until about a year ago that's an, it's an important point to note because like you will you know what I'm just going to do that one cycle I'm just going to go in and I'm going to do that one cycle maybe I'll do a second one if it goes well and then guess what you know you your goalpost moves and your bar just continually moves. And the same thing with me, you know, I'm not going to need trend. Did on my first fucking competition prep. I'm going to get insulin, use it all this off season. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like that, whether or not that boundary post moving is in line with your risk to reward ratio, that's a different story. But that line, more often than not, will start to just budge forward. And, and when you start to play of your health, you know, that, that, that nudging starts to play of that risk. And I don't think people think about that. <clears throat> they want to do the one cycle and come off and keep all their gains. But yeah. let's talk about that. How much yeah. of a psych I was going to say? How much of a psychological impact is that? Is that even for people that aren't competing, taking anabolics, that just say to themselves, "I'm going to do one"? Do they get addicted to the results? Do they get scared of if I come off, I'm going to lose all of my results? What do you think? I think there's, is? I think there's, I think there's layers to it. I think <clears throat> for me, the there's a feeling that that's associated with being on. I said that on Instagram the other day. And I said like, I miss being on. And you're just like, fuck. Like, yeah. like, you know, and you can get this when you're, when I was 90 kilos, 100 kilos, 120 kilos, you yeah. get a point in that gym and you just go, fuck, I mm. feel like an absolute monster right now. And it's quite a satisfying feeling. So I think that goes. 
uh, a little bit, but most importantly and for everyone, it's going to be the look, the lack of pop. Am, am I regressing now? And it's the first time, this is the one thing that I hadn't, hadn't dealt with when I was natural, is regressing. Because mm. you don't regress when you're natural really, do you? No. You get fatter and you get leaner, but you don't actually like feel like you're getting smaller deflator, along with strength getting like weaker, along with like your joints hurting a little bit more. And that's the first time you've got to psychologically come over that barrier in your life. Some people don't get over it and mm. they want to go, all right, well, I'm, not, I'm only going to wait four weeks this time. I'm going to get back on instead of the 8, 12, 14, 14 16 weeks that I should be doing. Let's let's talk about, because uh, I have this I have this question a lot from people like, oh, I just want to do one. I just want to do one cycle just to put on five kilos of muscle and then uh, and then I want to stop. What, what would you say to, to someone that, that said that to you, either of you? Uh, you go, you go. No, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Because you're going to get addicted to the the psychological reward, the effect it has on your your yourself, the confidence, and it's hard to drop that off. Do you know what I mean? It's like that post, it's like that gold medal effect. Uh, even after your show, when you just shredded, all the food's going in, you're looking full. It's hard to detach from that. I mean, I'm ten months like off now. I say off, but like ten months just not like nay. And my and I have to say to myself, right, the the it's changed now. My reward is going in the pool on a Tuesday and beating my 50 metre. So that, and then you just have to almost, I'm at the, I don't, I do miss, it was a very small percentage I miss. Very, very small. And it would just be, I'll just flirt with the idea like, ah, oh, I used to like going in and doing like six plates on the side, but yeah. we've got boxing tomorrow and, you know, we've got to be sharp and we've got to be quick and we, things like that. So for me, I think I think that it's worth noting for a lot of people if they ever do feel like that, it's like there is more to it than just, being big there's more to it than being strong there is so many other sports out there because I, I got I got I definitely got trapped in the in the narrow-minded nature of bodybuilding and anabolic shows like oh well this is me now like oh I'm yeah. just gonna be this big 40 year old geezer you see in the gym you just feel a bit sorry for because it's that's all he's got but it's like no 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 yeah. you, you know there, there is more there's more to life than it agreed I think the same answer for me I mean one cycle you're gonna lose it all in my opinion, like, eventually, are you gonna, yeah, eventually, like, you're yeah. gonna look good for four, eight, 12, maybe even 16 weeks after that cycle. But then, you know, once your androgen level starts to come back down to normal, once you down regulate, once you can't sustain that level of recovery, that level of training, you're gonna start to, to, to lose it. And then I don't know whether the psychological battle with coming off with, I don't know if there's anyone who's done one cycle, probably very few people, and they've been the people who've gone, oh, I don't really like this. You know, the ones who take one cycle and go, it's quite nice odds are they've probably done another one, you know? And I think when it comes to the risk of potentially, potentially, no matter how big the the, the, the percentage is, probably quite a small one, the, poten the potential for you never to have kids, you know, the potential for you to increase your risk for, you know, arteriosclerosis, heart disease, kidney disease, liver disease, it all goes up as soon as you put steroids inside you. And it will just incrementally go up the longer you do that. Yeah, I think I wanna, I think I wanna take it back at, back a step and 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 just just flat out say like it's just not worth it if you're if that is your mindset you you've lost already like you are you're dead wrong immediately if you think it's a one-off decision it's not um it's it's not something that's going to be a short-term uh like a a short-term fix for anything i've had someone come to me recently who said i just want some bigger arms so i was just thinking to do a cycle and i was like right okay let's just take it back a step why do you want bigger arms? Because I like bigger arms. Do you think bigger arms are going to make you happier? Because I can fucking assure you they're not. Because as soon as they get bigger, you want them a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. It's a never-ending 
end of the rainbow that you will never ever reach no matter how many cycles you take i don't believe um and i think taking like i said if you if you think you're going to go in do one cycle and come off initially your mindset's all wrong it's it's either a lifelong decision or a very 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 long-term decision like years and years i would say if you're gonna do one cycle if you're gonna do two just don't even bother um it's not it's honestly not worth it i think the 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 health risks the cosmetic risks as well like that acne is going to make you miserable if you get it wrong which again is all like an encompassing thing if that's your mindset you're probably going to get the cycle wrong you're probably going to get the the blood work wrong you're probably not going to supplement properly you're just not bought in enough to the process to, to, to take any anabolics so don't do it um what if you start losing your hair that's a massive thing for men yeah. um know that can literally ruin your your life i'd say like for a lot of people if you get, if you get, if you get it badly and if you haven't or you know if you don't have a, f- a spare five grand to get it cut out which by the way is a really horrible procedure I haven't done it myself um it all comes down to that risk to reward ratio like you say which for us is really worth it um and that was the, that was always the bottom line for me it was like no matter what um i think i i think i can get to my goal and significantly turn my life upside down by taking anabolics which i think i've, I've sort of improved right so that's kind of where i sit on that don't just don't do it it's not worth it just to play like devil's advocate kind of developer from that okay i'm gonna do it one time what about someone and i wonder whether you notice this tom and it's a hard question to answer but like uh i'll be, I'll, be, I'll play the role of the person uh, you know what? i'm gonna take steroids for business I'm gonna, I'm gonna take steroids so i look better for my business I, I look like i'm you know visually better i wonder did you ever have an impact on uh, the website your coaching you know when you were on, granted you've kind of switched lifestyles a little bit, but when you were on versus like off or anything like that, because I because me coming from you know being supernatural and then going to not natural. Yes, well, I, was, I did that piece on the Guardian years ago when they asked the exact same thing, the Love Island effect. So you get, you're getting people go on it or go on to Love Love Island and taking anabolics because they're going to be uh, well, they're going to be on over everyone's screens. Yeah, so they're taking it not for competition but i don't think i've ever been in a shape whereby the the sheer size or condition of me would gain me any monetary value like i don't think i'm a i've never been a freak do you know what i mean so i can't say that i've ever noticed the period whereby business or members site content has gone up based on the way i look because i don't think i've i don't think my business model is really prided in the way i've looked to get business agreed you know I, mean? I think that's the big thing for people to, to, to take is that well, yes we do bodybuilding yes you might be a, an online physique coach but your knowledge your knowledge is what separates you from everyone else not your physique yes your physique is going to be a little bit of a, a a marketing technique if it's very very good but guess what like it's some of the most successful coaches we look at honey rambard you know look at people like that they're not in shape they used to be bodybuilders back in the day they've walked the walk but they're, they're not necessarily in shape so i think I get a lot of people that message me and say, I want to take steroids for my business. I'm like, Phew. you know, is that business outcome going to be worth, like uh, like we said, a, a five to 10 year commitment, potentially lifelong commitment of TRT? Mm. Everyone's got genetically stronger body parts, even as a natural, haven't they? So I suppose you, you could see the angle of them taking anabolics and then obviously if they blow up body part, chest, back, arms, whatnot, then their content would be like, how to grow your arms. I, I put on six inches on my arms, but then... Is that ethical? Yeah, of course, exactly. And and and, and how many of them are going to take anabolics and not tell people they're going to take anabolics and then do that sort of content? 
And then we go into that whole fake natural field where everyone got fucked up last time because the likes of Simeon Panda, <laughs> you know, encapsulated so many younger people looking up to them. Like, oh my God, I can be like him. And it's like, that's not the case. Yeah. And that all dropped off. Mm. I think there's a, I think there's a big part as well in like, um, drawing inspiration from from people in the industry but understand that the unfortunately or fortunately for you the the body you've got is the body you're stuck with um and uh a, a steroid enhanced body is just going to be a bigger version really of what you are anyway so actually if you've got really gangly arms unfortunately the rest of the whole your whole body's going to grow like you might improve your arms but they're still going to really be in proportion with the rest of your body right so if you're looking to for, for to enhancement to to reach some level of happiness or satisfaction with your self worth, I'd say that you're much better off and short and long term just doing like self love work or like body image work or just sort of appreciating what you've got more because the steroids again just that's not it that's not the answer. Um, I think we see there there will be so many people that that take steroids because they're not happy with their bodies because maybe they see the you know the likes of Love Island now that's or that's becoming a bit more common or just a very open fitness industry you know it's influences everywhere you look everyone looks everyone looks great if, yeah. you, if you look hard enough for it but the bottom line is like you take those steroids too early and you will undoubtedly have just achieved a physique that you could have got naturally without any of the um any of the side effects yeah number two you then have to like you said deal with the fallout of that when you come off if that's what you decide to do at some point um and number three, you just I just promise you, you're still not going to be happy with with, with your physique. Mm. I don't think I don't think doing it for business is ever a, is ever a good a good decision. We see hundreds of successful natural physique coaches now, sure. um, and I think we spoke about it last week in terms of like the virality of a physique. Like more often than not, like you just get shredded and get a nice angle and some lighting. And yeah. if you want to go viral, you'll go fucking viral. Yeah. You know, um, and you're also going to have to deal with the especially if you're being open about it, you're, you're going to have to deal with quite a few naive people who think that a single steroid cycle will turn you into yes. Olympia. Because I've, I've, I've had to put up with that for years. Yeah. For a couple of years, I've found it really tough because I was like, what am I doing wrong? What am I actually doing wrong? Do I need to take more gear? Like mum, like these people, my mum would read the comments and say, oh, just, you know, ignore it and... But people do believe that you th you take one or two cycles and you'll be at that pro level where it's not really the case. Yeah. You know, you, you you take steroids and look like that. People forget, and Joe said this many times, they forget how high the mountain is. You know, me and Joe have been doing this for a decade. We've been on steroids for three or four years. But not only that, we have trained for this very single purpose for 10 years nearly. For We've ate like it, we've recovered like it. At no point have we taken breaks. And we're still at the bottom of the rung, right, really? Well, we're on, I guess we're at the bottom of the top league now. Yeah, yeah. But still a I long think, yeah. way from the top. We've gone from third, we're in the Premier, we're in the Premier League, but we're in the relegation zone at, <laughs> at, at any point. Right? You can get relegated any day now. And we're a decade in. And uh, I think people often think, wow, Joe, uh, you know, Joe's done amazing this year. He's blown up over a few years. It's been over a few years. Yeah, but there's the, the seven, eight years. It's that Picasso thing, isn't it? That exactly. Yeah, week. exactly that. It's the tip. You're seeing the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You haven't seen, you know, the whole the whole thing below. And I think a lot of people think they can they can jump in and make pro next year after being on cycle. I think that doesn't work like that, man. It's so hard. And guess what? If you're genetically blessed, then it's easier for you. But guess what? Ninety nine percent of us aren't. 
And also, anabolics aren't going to tell you if you're genetically blessed. You'll know it already. Yeah, you will know it already. You would have found that out exactly. You know, naturally. Yeah, me and Joe have been. We we won regionals naturally. We 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 did really well in the, in the British finals. You know, both of us performed always among people who, who who are not natural as well. So you know, if you're perhaps, and this is this has to this this pinch of reality has to come with it. There's no two ways about it. It has to come with it. If you come in fifth and fourth in your regional show, no disrespect, you can try, you can do what you want, but you're, it's not for you. It, you know, and you, and you can't do that year on the end. Year end. It's, it's not for you. And putting your health at risk, putting your family at risk, you know, you, the, the stress you've got to put on your body, it's, it's very hard for me to sit here and say, yeah, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think I think for many people, the, the risk isn't isn't worth it. I guess that's what we're sort of trying to, trying to get across here um particularly for for the for the younger people what was what was coming across to me as you were speaking there is like if you spend 10 years trying to get good at anything like you probably can do it yeah. do you know what i mean um and if if and this is where what's the what's the definition of, of luck where preparation meets um execution Mm, preparation meets something else. Anyway, that's the definition of luck. <laughs> when you're prepared for something and an opportunity, pre preparation meets opportunity. Mm. You know, if you if you try long enough to be good at something, like the chances are, if you're doing it for ten years, and you're still not quite there. Maybe that thing's not actually for you, um, and and just switch your focus. But I think that doesn't mean you have to quit bodybuilding. It just means look at where what your niche is. Because if your physique isn't taking you to the top, then like Hanny Rambod, like you said, like there's lots of jobs in, in bodybuilding if that's what you're passionate about. It doesn't have to be um, competing and don't always think that you need to compete to have like a successful, biz a successful business within bodybuilding or whatever it is. Um, but I, yeah, I think even even less so. If, if this podcast says one thing, it's like if you're a casual gym goer who has not dedicated their life to the sport of bodybuilding, it's just an immediate no. Yeah, and don't compare yourself to people who have. Yeah, that's the most important no, thing. It's more rewarding as well. I've I've certainly noticed that being off for the last ten months, and I do make progression. I get more. It's a bit like when Stephen found Stephen Bartlett gained that two hundred million. There was not much of a kick out of it, but he got more of a kick when he found fourteen quid down a chicken and chip shop chair. I get more of a kick now of of progressing because it's like, well, I've done this without any help. Do you know what I mean? I'm 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 unassisted now, so I'm not. Yeah, it feels it does feel far more re rewarding than when I was when I was on. But I do miss elements to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's almost an, I think for me like since being on a boat, there's an, an expectation for me every week that I will get better. Yeah, um, and that's something I will struggle to deal with. I think when sure. when I, when I sort of come off. Um, and when I'm done with it, because I I don't want to be on anabolics for the, for the rest of my life. Um, I when, when I'm when I'm finished competing, I will definitely try to come off and see if I can reestablish everything naturally. Because it's just a whole lot less things to worry about more than anything. Yeah. Um, I'm also really intrigued to see how we've not which we've not really touched on yet, but you know the mental the mental aspect of of anabolics. Yeah. Um, I recently. I just sort of stopped my blast two weeks early because I was feeling really anxious and paranoid a lot of the time. And that's just not me. Um, and I, I'm really not in tune actually with, with the sort of the mental side effects because I say I've, I've always been quite um, resilient but, but relatively passive as well. Like I don't, I get I get really shitty in prep, but I think that's the lack of food, not yeah, not yeah. the not the not the higher anabolic. So it's something I've not always been that in tune with. But I I am really intrigued to see how I 
change as a person if the natural Joe comes back, whoever that was, because I've definitely forgotten who he was. Um, you know, I think there's a, as life goes on, you change as a person anyway. Like it's a, that's mm-hmm. a part of it. But I wonder how much of that has been enhanced or uh, edited, edited further by my anabolics use, which is something that people should, probably should be worried about because we're still not really sure about that, are we? Definitely. And I say we as in the collective we. Like there's not enough studies on this, yeah. the the brain. That's one thing I have noticed in the last 10 months is that this is the longest time that I've been in a physiological range of testosterone. So the if the last however many years, seven, eight years, the, the, the max time has probably been like eight to 10 weeks. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So this has been the longest time where I've been full on- Stable. Stable and a hundred percent- Feel the difference. Feel the difference. hundred percent back to being Tom. Back to being because we have androgen receptors everywhere, androgen receptors in your brain, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting activated. We know that things like trembolone or nandrolone 19 nores are a little bit more mm-hmm. potentially brain toxic from what we've seen. You know, when you're using these close to a decade, you know, like any anything on your body, you run it into the ground, you're going to start having some, some, some effects. And like, you know, I often wonder, like, is my has my anxiety come from the drugs? Like, cause it's definitely increased, but also so has social media and the pressure to perform and the pressure to be an IFBB pro and the pressure. So it's like, it's very hard. And it's very hard to track that one single variable of things yeah. when there's a lot of things moving. Um, but and the that, mental side is like, it, for me, it's, it's, it's quite a big impact for me. Like I, I worry about, not like I'm fretting 24 seven, but like I'm feeling, you know, heart palpitation. What's that? You know, yeah. I'm hypersensitive to things. Uh, in terms of like injury or, or like blood work, I'm constantly work, like you got to think about your blood work's probably never going to look good. Like for the while you're using it, different things like that, they they give you a mental toll as well as the physical toll. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting you say about that social media thing because I I certainly started to like piece together and, and start to correlate being on anabolics with my sort of ferocious nature of wanting to gain loads of money and fame and power. And I was like, as soon as I came off and I've been that, maybe probably not totally down to the anabolics and, and due to situations that happened in my life whereby you know relationships have ended and things like that so but i do think there's an element of when you are dosed up to the eyeballs with all those compounds like trend i can see it in my business because yeah. i'm like I'm i think ru- you'll enhance what's going on you know? yeah totally i remember being ruthless and like no i've got to do this this and this you know i can't go out because i've got this business call boom, 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 boom. whereas now i've kind of i'm still on it but just more I don't know, more compassionate, I suppose. What's your, uh, what's, what's something that you've faced since you've started steroids that, that wouldn't have been otherwise? <laughs> I've, 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 I think I've faced a fucking lot of it. Yeah. I think I've got a really bad deal, a bum deal. I said to you in Dubai, didn't I? I, I look at people like Andre Dew and I'm like, right, no no apparent hair loss. No gyno. Um, no acne. And I think, was this the right, you know, was this the path for me? Yep. In terms of definitely lost some hair. I remember one of my, one of my pro card, I have a very thick, long head of hair, which people ask me all the time, is it coming back? They don't, they they can't. They? Absolutely not coming back because I can't, I don't think it can come back. Um, I think I've halted it. I think I've halted my hair loss. I think it's improved over the last year, which I was bloody very, very relieved about because I remember after all my pro card shitting myself. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm off to Turkey ASAP. But I think I managed to halt that, which is good. Which I, I think I might talk about that in a YouTube video actually because I think loads of people are interested in it Definitely. the guy obviously was really horrible um which I had surgery for which, which cost five thousand pounds five yeah four and a half grand surgery out of my back pocket which is a very unpleasant um procedure but again it's that risk to reward isn't it it's like it was a case of i have to do this um so it's one of the things i had to get over um 
but aside from all that you know without all that there's still other things I think as I've spoken about quite openly on this podcast over the last few episodes just that consciousness of my health yeah it's a burden um, it's a burden there's a huge there is a huge mental burden and physical burden to, to the way I feel now um, walking around at 125 128 kilos it's not nice I think I think my probably the thing that springs to my most is like not social anxiety though I think it is a level of that like I really hate being noticed um, it's so ironic because obviously I stand on a stage and I want everyone yeah, to look at me but so similar to that, that's where I'm comfortable and you know I, I was walking through the gym yesterday um, pumped out my nut with a vest on and I was thinking do you know what it is it's that I feel comfortable here yeah. I'm complete I'm allowed to be my complete like kind of open self and I'm not going to get judged for the, the size of me or yeah. maybe what that means for who I am as a person whereas I think you, you walk around at this size and I, I completely forget how big I am all the time I've got fantastic body dysmorphia and I'm fine with that it doesn't bother me that's probably something else we should we should touch on because it will bother some people um, I I feel smaller than I am and therefore I almost believe that I am so when I get like checked when someone asks me they, and it's the first thing that's always on you know for someone that doesn't know me I go out to a social event and it's the first thing people want to talk about I hate it um, I'm out in public I remember I've, we spoke about this loads of times I think I was in Zara last summer just in a t-shirt man some little guy coming up to me asking me what I eat to get that big and I just immediately get my back up immediately I literally wanted to tell him to fuck off um, I was with <laughs> I was with my girlfriend at the time and she's like just just relax he's being complimentary I'm like I just don't care like every I, I guarantee everywhere I go out yeah, once yeah. a day I'll get how much do you bench I got it the yeah. other day and I responded positively and the person I was with was like well done like you didn't you didn't uh, you didn't snap so that's probably a, a really big thing for me like I, I don't I don't shy away from going out, but it, you know, it's just always in the back of my mind and I, I purposely dress to cover it up. Yep, yep. I uh, will wear clothes that I hope cover up. It's when we go out together and when we went to Novikov and I sat there opposite you and I was thinking, fucking hell, he's so big. <laughs> I was <thinking> <laughs> and I was like, I must feel, I must look like that as well. So I don't like that a lot, um, which is, is definitely one of the big, the big burdens and, yeah, I mean, it's something that I'm really looking forward to. I think when I, when I, you know, for for all the turmoil I think I might be in when I downsize and I'm no longer yeah. the big guy, I'm looking forward to fitting in like an XL Zara again and being a bit more yeah. normal sized and not freaking nature. I think. Sure. Yeah, I think it's important to know there's there's a lot more going on than than probably what you've seen from us as well. Like yeah. there's a lot that kind of goes in the behind the doors with that behind the doors with that mental burden. Uh, like I've had like, physical burdens. I think like I've had some really bad injections before, like yeah. before I've had infections. Like my leg is blown to twice the size. Go to the doctors. They look at you like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, whether that was a, a a bad batch or a dirty needle like this, is think you're injecting yourself. Yeah. You know, feel a bit like a crackhead sometimes <laughs> when you're doing it three times a day because you've got growth in the morning, you've got growth at night, and you've got a big injection when you're doing ten mil of fucking oil a week. Like it's. It doesn't feel nice to inject yourself every no. single day and know that you've, you know, you're, you're poisoning yourself every day. Um, I've had problems with heart palpitations, whether or not that's associated with, with, with steroids. They only came from steroids. Had to have ambulatory heart monitors on for a week. I've had to have heart scans. I've had to have kidney scans. My kidney markers are skewed. Uh, my cholesterol's poor. I don't know how your cholesterol's looking. But Always my bad cholesterol's not good and it doesn't mean I'm going to have a heart attack tomorrow but it means that I am filling up that jar you know mm -hmm. and we're filling up that 
you know, you, you, like we've used the engine, the engine reference, we are running on red lines. We are running our kidneys harder than they should be doing naturally. Liver, cholesterol, heart, everything will take a hit. And depending on your genetics and your ability to recover from those, you know, you toxicity can build up pretty quickly. Um, I think that's a, I think that's such an important topic because probably when I was making that initial decision as well, it was like you say, it was like I think I can mitigate these. Yeah. The bottom line is you've asked me what my what sort of uh, maybe drawbacks or, or or challenges I've had with with my robotics is, and the bottom line is we don't know. Yeah, we just we're not going to find out till later. We're not going to find out until it's far too late, <laughs> and that is the same for absolutely everyone who takes anabolic steroids. We've probably, I mean, I've, I've sat here and I've sort of joked about it before, and it is how I feel. You know, if I was going to live to eighty-five naturally, and live to and I live to eighty because of my endeavours, I'm actually, I say it now, I'm okay with that. Like it's probably, it, I still hope that the reward was worth that risk. But the bottom line is, like, you're shaving years off your life. We say, we, we joke about picking your poison, but that is what you're doing. Like, yeah. and it's not a great fucking poison, especially if you want to push it. Um, and my God, it can get worse if you're not as careful. You know, I'd say we've been quite careful yeah. as, as as far as we can be. But I mean, even people refer to me as the guy who uses low doses. Like, I, I use over 1,500 milligrams in my prep, but I still use a load of gear. Mm. Like, it's not, I, I'm, like, I'm still, I still have to push things. So I don't want like, while it's really important that we talk about a safer use model and the drugs that we choose are very thought out and there's reasons why we choose every drug because of safety, but it's not safe. No. We're still fucking ourselves. Yeah. It's just like we're fucking ourselves a little bit less. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to swear so much, mum. Where do you where do you guys see, like say you both have really successful, see, like incredibly successful seasons, then what happens now? Because you're like, you're talking about being on the red been on the red line surely another year and a bit of doing what you're doing is going to fucking kill you look at everyone's dropping dead now boston you know what i mean like, i'm not, not not to fucking scare you in that but it's just I, I genuinely want to know because i yeah. like we spoke with Carl when Carl was saying about using this drug and that drug i was like oh fuck that i'm not going anywhere do you want to do you want to up your trend no i don't because i know what happens when i increase trend i become an awful person so no i don't want to do it mm. whereas you guys are almost accepting yeah we're running on red what happens you, when you both you you do classic this year and prosper and go oh god? Um, luckily, I know what happens. I'm not going to compete next year. Definitely, like I said, I've got three weddings, two three stag do's. I've got I've got a lot of shit going on, so I'm not going to be competing. And because I think I've been running the red line much longer than I wanted to anyway, because obviously I did that 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 men's physique prep that I really wanted to do, and then I sort of knew I had 2023 round the corner and I wouldn't be competing. So I was like, I'm going to have to compete this year because I want to do it. And if I leave until 2024, 20, I'm just like, nah, you're done by then, son. So, yeah, I, I I don't know what will happen. I'll make the decision later on, but as I said, I'm really looking forward to being a normal size again. Um, I'm not going to be running loads of gear in 2023. I've got wedding suits to fit into. I don't want to be at all these functions sweating my tits off because everyone keeps even asking you, me about how big I am. Even if you win the Arnold. If I win the Arnold's, I'll go to the Olympia in December. And then you do, you get top five in Olympia or top 10 in Olympia. Still not competing next year. Uh, really? Yeah, million percent. Wow, mate! If I got top five at the Olympia, I will. You'd be done. I'll be dying a happy man. Yeah, fair enough. Fair that would be enough for me. But it, that won't. I mean, yeah. Well, who knows? My, my, mine's a moving goalpost. Mine's a moving goalpost. Uh, I set myself in two year blocks. I did that for my pro card, and since I started steroids, I said like, if it's not done in every two years, and I haven't made the significant step up, either I don't have the genetic capability, or it's it's not going to happen. So. 
realistically speaking, a very, very, very outside chance of getting to the Olympia this year because it's a very difficult thing to do in your rookie year. But if I'm not up there competing next year for for wins, it'd be very difficult for me to come back the following year and try and and try and do that, uh, and so forth. But if I do creep up a little bit and I get a little bit closer, like I'm, I'm willing to give it another three or four years, and. Uh, yeah, I'm willing to give it a couple, three or four years, depending on like what happens. How much do you? How much do you two think your businesses are predicated on your physique and status in bodybuilding? Quite heavily, I, I feel like quite heavily. I'm doing my best to try and separate. I think one of my is going to be very handy for me to be able to separate it. Yeah, I was going to say that one of my, which was always a plan from the start, because I have had like a. I say like a ten year limit, right? Like Twenty five to thirty five of of kind of experiment experiment with these things. Um, but like I think I'm sure Joe, like when you do step back, you're going to be faced with what I would feel and what I would happen to me is what the fuck am I doing and where am I going and how am I going to manage my own business again? Like, where is, is it going to just disappear overnight? Just use me. <laughs> see how I've been see how see how I've been getting on over the last whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's true. I yeah, I think I think I've I've gotten to where I am because of my physique, which again we have to uh wanna like caveat that with that's not gonna be the same for everyone. Like I I I believed in that, like I believed I had a good physique and I believed I could compete at the highest level. So it's definitely helped. Um, I remember, get, like we talked about this before, the moment I got my pro card, I got 10, 15, 20 inquiries, and I was like, here yeah. we go again. Yeah. Um, but I am very, I am really confident, and I, and, I, and I have this reaffirmed to me by other people that it's not going to go anywhere. The business isn't going to go anywhere. I'm still a coach, and I'm going to be working this year, which you've probably already seen, to build that coaching brand more, that. to yep. take away from Joe Brightman, the IFB pro, and more to Joe Brightman, or Team Brightman, the... The, the coaching brand um so really that's my exit plan if you like and if anything um i will uh, endeavor to stay in good shape so that content stays good um i don't want to be pushing up to high weights again once i'm done with it mm. and uh and i just I, I expect to drive that social proof of, of of my brand because actually competing takes away from my coaching service it doesn't add to it um definitely so the act of competing, I mean, I mean the, the you know the the net the net gain is is positive, of course. But the the act of competing when I'm in the dog ends of prep and I'm stress is high, like can be and uh, my business definitely uh, takes a back, back seat. It has to. We spoke about it with Cal, didn't we? You said one of the reasons he's set apart is because he's not a bodybuilder anymore. He's a coach, yeah. coach first, bodybuilder second. And um, I look forward to that, um, to be honest. Um, and I think I'm maybe completely like, intimidated, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm shitting myself, like, but I'm, it's like I'm, I'm like pros and con, I'm pro and conning all yeah, the time, yeah, yeah. all the time. Um, I'm absolutely buzzing to step on that stage again. Like I've, I've fought that, and I'm now almost a bit excited to prep. I can't believe I'm saying that over summer, but um, there's so many. I, I just think the future is bright, man. The future is bright. The future is bright, man. <laughs> God damn. Uh, so yeah, no, definitely, definitely, success is propped up by the competing journey so far but I think it's a journey man people buy into the journey I hope I hope people will be just interested to hear about how I transition away from yeah. a classic physique pro to a normal person again yeah. it's, it's definitely a big fear of mine like I think even even kind of coming up in the game like I do often wonder, like, is, am I going to say something wrong and it's all going to end am I going to wake up tomorrow and it's all not real because it, it does seem, it does seem a, a bit not real sometimes you know when 
things are going really well and everything's successful and you think I'm literally just doing this online like what's going on here this wasn't even a, this wasn't even a possibility five years ago mm. Uh, so I, I'm definitely like that's going to really intimidate me, which is why I'm putting a lot of effort into kind of growing one around. Hopefully, that can be a, a company on its own, and I is irrelevant of my bodybuilding. But I got no doubt. I say no doubt. I've got a big fear of when I do stop bodybuilding. Are people going to be interested anymore? They're going to be going to be going to be completely turned off by it because mine is very focused on bodybuilding. When I want to go do a triathlon, when I want to go feel good, lift good, and look good, are they going to follow that? I don't know. It's going to be hard for me to transfer that. But that even if they don't, I noticed a big drop off. My post show, oh my word! Yeah. Wow, it was just, you know, but the, then all. The, the the diehards kind of just dropped. You know, the die sorry, the diehards kept. They because you know they were they whatever I do, but the people that were kind of just flirting with me because it was bodybuilding just went, and big big drops in numbers. But then, you you. That's how much of a percentage is that bodybuilding to fitness and lifestyle? Like my God, I'll be really, I'll, I'll be personally very interested in your story, and I'm sure you'll be interested oh my in God, like, so my transition. So absolutely, I think um, something I've learned, and it's re it's really hard, and it's something that you get. I think you get imposter syndrome about daily by the sounds of things, as I think we all do. I'm the same. I'm like, how the fuck have I built this? Yeah. Um, bottom line is, man, people like you. <laughs> No. You know, that, like your information's good, but they <laughs> like you. It's hard to think sometimes. It is, yeah, I know. Same for me. I'm like, do they? <laughs> um, you know, because everything we do is based on trying to provide value, but actually people have bought into you because of who you are and they like you and they resonate with you and your journey. So there's there's no doubt people will continue to be interested. I think what Tom just said there about the bodybuilding's dropping off is, all right, cool, I might lose some bodybuilding following, but actually that's fine because I'm not going to be taking my, I might not be taking my business in that direction anymore. Yeah. Or... I might, depending on this year, you know, with, with coaching, I'm going to have clients on the Arnold stage and the amateur Arnold stage. I'm going to have clients, I think, pushing for pro cards. So it's going to be more of a, the audience will be looking at me to coach them rather than to inspire them with my physique, maybe. I mean, not, you know, it's going to be physique related again this year while I'm competing, but next year, you know, the, I, I'm still a, I still have to work. I'm still doing my job and that will become my passion. Okay. Like the, the sort of the first one, um, which I'm excited for. For sure, yeah, amazing. Do do we do you want to go a bit more? Or do you want to? I, I, I mean, I think I would. I'd like to. Because I got another question. Yeah, <laughs> keep going. Uh, I was going to say. So we've we've obviously like spent about an hour deterring people away. Do you ever think there is? What's the scenario when they say, "All right, this might be for you." But I think it's very clear. I think I've always said this. It's like it's a really really easy one liner. It's like okay, is the risk of taking steroids, um, gonna elevate my life to a new level. And what that means is like your physique to a new level when you can there compete at, at high levels and, you know, is competing your dream? Do you love competing more than anything? Then, okay, fine, like do your thing. Number two, is it gonna accelerate your business to a, to a new level and, and take that life to a higher point? Again, I think we've kind of discussed that. Um, and we don't think it's possible. Or, sorry, we don't think it's necessary nece necessarily. Um, but it could be. Uh, and then three, yeah, I guess, have, is your genetics there and have you dedicated your life to this this thing that we call bodybuilding? And then, I and then providing you've done all the due diligence, I think more power to you. You, what do you reckon? Very similar. I think sometimes I, f I often wonder like how hard that decision of, you know, are your genetics good enough is. I think it's probably quite easy for us to tell. I'm not so sure whether people themselves can tell because they'll often have 
uh, yes men around them, you know, like everyone's mum tells them they're the best type of thing. And I think that's where the importance of a coach can come in. I think it's a hard conversation to have with some people. And I often think if we did turn down everyone who did bodybuilding, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, don't take steroids, would there be bodybuilding? Mm. You know, because really, if you look at like the Olympia, those are the only good ones. Mm. Right. It's 20 people, 25 people. Yeah. Not yeah. only good ones, I mean that with the most respect possible because there's some incredible physiques out there, but they're the, you know, Cream when you crop. Yeah, and I think, well, that's, you know, it's very, very difficult to to turn someone down uh, because of that. I think that's the moral issue that I struggle with. Yeah, I think it's it's clearer than that. And I've, I've always been a bit, um, I guess my maybe my uh, perspective has changed on this. I've always been like, if you're not going to be, you know, the, the one of the very best, why are you bothering? Actually, I'm now more, it's probably a bit more of a like stoic sort of uh, uh, perspective on it. And actually, if you absolutely love something yeah. and it doesn't, it's not actively hurting anyone else, like maybe that's your decision to make and, and, and just make sure you find someone that supports that for the right reasons. Because just because you're, this is the same for me, like just because I'm not going to be Mr. Olympia doesn't mean I can't be at the Olympia or or at the top of pro shows, which will still make me feel great. Um, and still, I still feel like I'm doing something really cool, uh, <laughs> for want of a better word. So yeah, I think um, I really do think it comes down to have you dedicate, have you naturally dedicated your life to bodybuilding, and do you think that anabolics are worth the risk for you? Yeah. Um, and if they are, then I think that's okay. Um, one thing, I, another question actually is when it comes to coaching, I don't ever think that. Uh, a coach should instigate someone to take anabolics. And no, encourage or discourage, it's just like, is your decision. It's absolutely, the. it needs to be driven by the client. The bro the topic, I think, needs to be broached by the client. If the coach broaches the topic, it should be like very much to say, have you, would you think about this um, if they've already proven themselves? I think I, I get absolutely horrified when like I hear of stories of clients going to a new coach and they're like, I want to prep and it's like, well, you're going to be on anabolics then. Yeah. I just, I'm just thinking, what are you doing, man? That is purely doing that for your your business game, which is disgusting. And unfortunately, you've probably been ed educated in the wrong places if you're um if, if you're doing that to to clients. That's not a decision for you to make. No, it's like it's like it's a very watered down version of of turning off or turning on someone's like life support. Yeah. You're actively you're actively making them more unhealthy. If you put someone on a cycle for 16 weeks, 20 weeks, a harsh one for a for a prep. They may not, never like recover hormonally again, even if they don't compete. And, and, what, and just and, come off. And what about the psychological benefits? You, or the psychological impacts that you never hear anything about? Exactly. That's the. I think that's the the, the really problematic thing. Um, especially with like we talk about mental health, like men's mental health going down the pan. There's no way steroids are helping that. Yeah. Uh, definitely a net negative impact on men's mental health. Yeah, I agree. At some point, eventually, I would say, like you say, once you come off and you have to start dealing with. Maybe even worse, self self worth and, and stuff like that. That's that's a really scary thing. I think if you're not prepared for, it can be a real big problem. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Tom, I wonder, like, obviously the way me and me and uh, Joe transferred over to anabolics and the way our opinions are, uh, do this to you know to if it's something that you absolutely love and 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 want to compete at a high level. As someone who didn't necessarily do that, I guess, like you didn't ever set out to be like, I want to be a Mr. Olympia, you know? No. Like, I wonder how you feel. Like, do you f do you feel the same as us? Or do you, or do you feel like it should be slightly different? 
do I feel... It's the same in the sense, like, do you think that you should only do this if you want to compete and be at a high level? Yeah, just based on my experience as someone that's taken anabolics without wanting to get to a high level. So is there any element of regret or...? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. And and that regret will only be heightened if I do try and have children later on and I can't, I mean, you know, imagine if I could try and have kids in the next couple of years and I can't. Yeah. I'll have a huge regret because... Oh. Do you know, I don't. I don't necessarily want to think about that, and I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'll only, I'll only um, deal with this situation when it when it's there. But yeah, I just, I just feel like, I just feel like if you enjoy competing in bodybuilding, then 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 get the most out of natural. And then if if you want to go into the the bigger leagues like you guys are, are doing, then then look at taking anabolics. But I think, you know, if there's a flicker of doubt or worry, or then don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, I think if you're um, if you've got a life, right? If you've got a life outside of bodybuilding, you have a, a nine to five job that's decent. You've got a family, um, or 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 a, a partner that means a lot to you, and and you are literally taking anabolics, let's say, to step on a PCA stage, even a two bros regional stage, and and you're the upper limit of your uh, your aims is to walk away with a PCA trophy. I honestly think stay natural. Yeah, just go and do UK DFBA. I agree. Because you're going to get the same gratification from winning or losing that trophy as you are, but with hella less, uh, hella less health, health impacts. Yeah. Uh, I just think, like, that for me is just a no-brainer. Like, that really is. Yeah. Do you think there's, like, a, an age that people should start, should, should, should not do it? I think there's a training age. I think if you've, I think if you've, Again, I come back to that, that 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 word of dedication. If you've dedicated your life to to training and eating and recovering properly, um, for I don't know, it's very even, hard. Even that is a hard number, isn't it? Because you've got the likes of like people train five years team, like shit. Team for EDMJ, and you look at those guys that have been and are still putting tissue on on a yearly basis. But I'm talking grams. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm talking like 200 grams of tissue. Yeah. But the, what is there? Is there such thing as a? I think it's what four or five years, maybe, and then that's training. It's very difficult because you have that like initial. You start and you're at zero. You have that initial cut, uh, like kind of influx of muscle as yeah. you start, and then you get that four Flat or five line. year mark, and it's and it's just like it's just like it's like a two degree incline. Yeah, and you just like you get those little small marginal gains. Granted, the gains are a little bit bigger if you use anabolics. I, I only ask because I think I often think about people like Seabum, and I think he must have been seventeen. And he can't have been training for five years, like from 12. He was natty when he was 18. When he was 18? Yeah. He must have started when he was 18 then, or 19. I don't know when he started, but he posted a picture of him a while ago, playing volleyball, naturally. Oh, and he looks beats 18 and he looks sick. And he said, I was natural here. Which says it all, doesn't it? Like I say, you don't need to be Seabum, but you're already going to have a pretty good idea of how good you might be. Like Lee naturally. Priest. You've seen Lee Priest when he was a kid, like a teenager, yeah. competing at like 14, Jacked. looking bigger than I was at 110. I'm thinking, what? Yeah. That's all. But then even see bum. I watched a video of his yesterday. I was like, oh, this work. I, I carry around my hoodie because some days I feel skinny. You think, oh, come on. We all suffer with it, man. You see bum. Come on, now. Bigger, Hold the mirror up. Mark. More muscle, more problems is what I say. Yeah. Damn right. That's so true. Yeah. That is true because the the, the I'm now like I I inspire to be like Brad Pitt snatched esque. Yeah. Like my I want to be ripped and yeah, like yeah. shredded and yeah. tattoos and just. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like, I want to be quick and fast and agile. I don't want to be slow and like, oh. Whereas but back back then when I was like chasing 110 kilos, I was like, oh, I loved it. 
I thought you're a fucking big dorm and I'm like, nah, I can't do nothing with it, man. You can you're big, you can't do nothing with it. <laughs> you can do a circuit. You can think you do like four rounds on the bag looking like that. No chance. Forty five seconds maybe. Even yesterday at boxing, because I did shoulders on Tuesday or Monday, I couldn't spot I couldn't do nothing yesterday. I God's gone. My my arms were fucked and I was like, oh, this hold is so up. annoying. Yeah. I'm getting more kick out of pad work than I am in the gym at the moment. So yeah. It definitely does does switch the mindset. Yeah, hundred percent. I think what you say about that, like, if you have any um, perception that gaining more muscle, unless it's for the purpose of you need to be bigger to win a show, like, I promise you, it's not going to bring you any happiness or satisfaction in life. It's an, if it's a never-ending pursuit of more, it's endless. It's an endless pursuit of more. You will never be satisfied. We've all seen that that picture of the guy on the bike looking at the guy in the car looking at the guy in the Ferrari looking at the guy in the boat looking at the guy in the heli it's uh, it's the same with bodybuilding you could you could draw that exact same thing Have, yeah. having said that I think it's important you go through it though in, in order to truly f for you to affirm whether this is me or not mm. do you know what I mean it's like the money thing I, I remember I think it's important to be a bit of a, a materialistic arsehole so you are in that position whereby right it, I hated it me earning X amount of money and I could buy this and buy that and I hated it. Or imagine if you started doing that and you loved it. You thrive in that environment. So I think it's key to go through it. I think it's very important because I can certainly look back on my bodybuilding slash anabolic and financial career and look when I was earning 15, 20 grand a month and go, oh, I was miserable, mate. I couldn't even do anything with the money. And, in, and instead I'd, I'd use it as uh, like, like uh, you know, maybe I've uh, ignored someone so I'll just buy my materialistic good and plaster them with a bag it's stupid same as the, the the size thing continually chasing size get to a point well you know Callum was like oh, well, 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 imagine if we look imagine if we'd uh, what we'd look at like 120 kilos I'm like nah, nah fuck that I've done that yeah. do you know what I mean whereas you, you look good though yeah I'll, I'll imagine 120 kilo classic cycles Oof. but that even you saying that I'm like nah <laughs> I don't it, that does nothing for me that's good though that's absolutely good. does nothing for me I'd rather get in a ring with someone and bang sh than, than walk about 120 kilos but I do think it's important for you to go through it because then you're also going to live you're going to live in that what if mindset and that's the worst yeah. possible thing that was definitely a thing that triggered me I, mean, I sat down I remember when on one trip it was one last trip before I knew I was going to start and I needed to kind of nail down spoke to my mum I said look I'm thinking of doing this and granted the naive the naive mum maybe changed her mind now but she was like I just think you'll regret if you, mm. don't, if you don't go for it because mine was like I want to try steroids mine was like I want to be the best in the world I want to chase greatness I want to leave mm. like, a legacy and uh, she said I think you'll, you'll regret it and it was that kind of what if moment where I've had a lot of what if moments and I've taken the, the easy route the comfortable route and I didn't want to make me pursuing my, my actually, it was one of the the first dream, it's the first dream I ever had. It's the first and only dream that I've ever had of, of, of chasing greatness. I've never had any ambitions or motivation to be a director of a, of, I'm a director of a company. I was gonna say work my way up the the the, the, the chain in, in, in London and nothing like that ever came into my brain. The only motivation I've had is this and I didn't wanna have a what if. And if you can resonate with that, all right, you can ask yourself the question, you can make that decision yourself, but. Yeah. I actually think when it comes to it, it should be a really decision, easy decision for a lot of people. And I think, unfortunately, okay. the people that probably won't listen to this, which is a, always the way in it, the person that most needs to read the book won't even know that the book exists. Yeah. But um, 
I think if you there's a few prerequisites and that is you're not going out every weekend you're not even going out every month to be honest like your day revolves around training you are meticulous with your nutrition you hit your macros 95% of the time um, and you like you're just absorbed in bodybuilding like you just love it to bits and then and if, if all of them are a yes and also to be honest from my perspective you've competed naturally once and you still loved it then I think it's you know like I said, if you've done the due, due diligence, due diligence, and and it's up to you. But I honestly would discourage anyone who's done anything but that. Yeah. Um, I really would. I think you need to have all the bases covered before you even think about it. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree too. Hope that was helpful. Uh, maybe we'll do another one in a while because I imagine that some questions will flood in, but. Yeah, what's the best first cycle, bro? <laughs> yeah, there'll be so many of that on the YouTube. Especially if you put anabolics in the title. Oh, we will. Click made up. <laughs> Why you should never take steroids. Yeah, that's... Yeah. From, yeah. Coming from three people who take steroids. Yeah. Three skagheads. <laughs> three junkies. Three fucking steroids, mate. Three junkies tell you why not to take steroids. Good night. Good night. Cheers in.